When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is New York Game Day, presented by Sansone Auto. Discover for yourself the S in Sansone Savings. Sansone Dodge Jeep Ram Route 1 in Woodbridge or SansoneJeep.net. Play Mohegan. Your favorite casino games are now in the palm of your hand. Visit MoheganSunCasino.com. Must be 21 or older to play. And by Corona, an official cerveza of the New York Jets. Welcome in to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Special edition, why it is Wild Card Weekend. we got two games in the books, four remaining. Uh, Anita Marks with you, of course. Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum. We're going to hear from Jordan Renan coming your way at 9 o'clock with a Giants update in regard to what we can expect in this offseason. Uh, obviously, no football. Uh, and Rich Samini is going to be joining us around 10.30 with a Jets update in regard to what we can expect this offseason. But first things first, gentlemen, I guess congratulations are in order for your Michigan men. Go blue. Hail to the victors, valiant. What an amazing uh, Monday. Whole week. It just seemed... Uh, Surreal. Uh, it Surreal. Really it really did. It was on many different fronts. Like, like, so I'm not, you know, I'm not super tight with the, with Michigan right now. But you know what? When I went there, I saw my old teammates. Just a, just a really good experience. And then to see how many people really like. So, Amani, have you ever been? To, have you ever, Amani, have you ever been to ESPN? Have you ever been to campus up there in Bristol, Connecticut? Uh, yeah, with that wall you're talking about? Where they hit the- yeah, so so for folks who don't know, uh, there's a corridor, there's a hallway um, that you walk down uh, to get into the cafeteria. And on the wall, there's every u- university uh, fight song. And so, and there's like, you, you just, you push the, um, the logo, right, uh, for that university. And when you walk down the hall, it plays that school's fight song. So, yeah. So, anyway, I think that's pretty cool. I think it was very clever what they did there. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum, are you with us? Good morning, Anita. Welcome back. Good to have you back. And, yeah, it's proud to be uh, part of the Michigan family. You know what's amazing was um, that was six days ago. And I'm old enough. I don't know about you guys, but I'm old enough to remember when Pete Carroll was the head coach of the Seahawks and Nick Saban was the head coach of the University of Alabama and some guy named Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Patriots. That Michigan-Washington game was a lifetime ago, given everything C.J. Stroud hadn't played in a playoff game. I mean, so much has happened since the national championship. It has. It has. So let's start right there. Um, And we have two games in the books already for Wild Card Weekend. Let's start with that Texans game. They beat the Cleveland Browns 45-14. to Full transparency. I got my butt handed to me in this matchup. I had the Cleveland Browns on the money line. I had them at minus two. I thought Joe Flacco's magical season would continue. But to, two things stand out here to me, okay? Number one is, and, and I'm just going to pose this question to you guys, could C.J. Stroud be the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen in the history of the NFL? That's number one. And number two, 
D'Amico Ryans had this Texans defense playing the way that I thought the Cleveland Browns defense would show up yesterday. Boy, did they not. Boy, did they not. Uh, two pick sixes for the Houston Texans to add 14 points to that total of 45. So uh, great to D'Amico Ryans getting that defense. Joe Flacco was under duress all game long. And, and I am in just in awe of C.J. Stroud. So, Mike, let's start with you. Do you feel that C.J. Stroud very well could be the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen in the history of the NFL? Yeah, possibly. You know, I picked Houston to win. I'm sure you guys were taking copious notes when I was on <laughs> uh, Get Up on Friday morning. So um, just reiterating what you're, you, you had in your notes. But you did. anyway, I remember that. If, if you go back to uh, the University of Utah game, um, when Garrett Wilson didn't play and Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigma didn't play, Played great in the Rose Bowl. Fast forward a year later, national semifinals um, against the University of Georgia. He played great. And I just think Anita, he's one of these players, like the bigger the moment, the better he plays. And he really does have a chance to be very special. And, um, you know, it's like a home playoff game. Offense gets rolling, that defense is humming. And in all seriousness, the reason I did pick Houston was I just felt like Cleveland was turning the ball over despite how well Joe Flacco was playing. And when you're on the road, and Amani, you know this, like rule number one, you can't win a road playoff game and lose the turnover battle. And I, and I didn't think Stroud would play as well as he did, but the turnovers were, were the big concern. Yeah. You can't give a playoff team 14 points and expect to even be close in the game. I mean, the teams are so equal, so even that when you start giving away points, giving away extending possessions, I mean, that's how Bill Belichick made a living off of being a pl- close to the vest, make the other team beat you, especially. I, I just was – I wasn't surprised at all when I heard the score because I knew that eventually there's going to be a reg- regression to the means. And Joe Flacco, not to, to disrespect him at any point in time, but I just did not believe that he could carry it on again for a second time and create a run that would take his team to a Super Bowl. Um, Mike, you know, you and I are really big into the draft. You're there each and every year, obviously a big part of ESPN's draft coverage. And I know I've asked you this before. I'm going to ask you again. Um, did you, was Stroud your top quarterback coming out? And did you know that he would be this good? Well, since you guys don't listen to me, yeah, of course I had him clearly as my number one guy. He was an all time great. At, no. Um, I had him number two, like I think most people did behind Bryce Young. I think I overrated Bryce Young some playmaking ability. Um, and, you know, what's fair or unfair, there is a little bit of a herd mentality. You know, a lot of these Ohio State quarterbacks had not worked out. Um, and I think he lost the benefit of the doubt because, it, quote unquote, was the system. He had the Garrett Wilsons, the Smith and Jigbas of the world, a Mecca, uh, a, a Dobe, um, what, what's the, uh, the, the, um, Another really great receiver this year. Um, and, yeah, and so about, I, I we know yeah. who you're talking about. We just can't pronounce his name. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my point is, yeah, I, I had him as the number two quarterback, which is not bad, but obviously, you know, you could look back like everybody else and be like, wow, it's like a no brainer. Although I do think Bryce Young in the right offense still has a chance to be good. I just don't understand why teams are reticent to use a fullback like the way Miami and San Francisco does. But anyway, Stroud, like when you really look at it, play the bigger the games, Anita, the better he played. Yeah, and I think that's a trait that you really can't quantify, and that's why if I'm drafting and I'm putting my job on the line, if I'm looking for a quarterback, I'm making sure he's playing in a lot of big games. And those big games, I'm double grading those because 
there is something about players that can't play in big games. Some guys have a lot of talent, but once the pressure gets on, you know, their arms get a little shorter, their reads get a little quicker, their feet just aren't as quick. It just, it's amazing how that is. And that's the advantage to me as playing at one of these big schools where you play week in and week out these tough games. So you get used to the process. I remember my first Notre Dame game. I was all like, oh my God, we're playing Notre Dame, touchdown Jesus. And it took me a while to just calm down and be like, it's just a game. Let's go. And it takes you a while. I, I, you know, when I'm looking at the Michigan game, the first Michigan game when they played uh, against Alabama, I felt like there were some players on that field that were just not playing in their ordinary way because the pressure was getting to them. You got to get used to playing in big games. That's why. I, is that something that you looked at when you were um, uh, in, like, uh, trying to evaluate talent? Because there's a lot of intangibles. Like, you can look at the stats and all that stuff, but there's some intangibles, especially at the quarterback position, where I think is way more art than science that you're going to have to kind of uh, true yourself with before you take a quarterback really that high. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. Like, um, when we drafted Mark Sanchez, how we played against Penn State was really critical. Absolutely, Imani. You know, the better the game, the more important the game – the more that should count in the evaluation. So again, uh, the Texans win 45 to 14. Joe Flacco, uh, two pick sixes. Boy, they kept on showing those 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 cutaways and just my heart goes out to them. Uh, really impressive defensive performance by the Texans as well, holding the Cleveland Browns rushing attack to just 56 total yards. Unbelievable. So the Browns, it's baggy day for them on Monday. The Texans, now they're waiting to see what happens. Now the Texans were the fourth seed. And of course, we're going to get into the Kansas City Chiefs game. They won. They beat the Dolphins. They were the third seed. Uh, So the remaining game here in the AFC is Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Pittsburgh is the seventh seed. Buffalo is the two seed. So if Pittsburgh wins, they go to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. If Buffalo wins, Houston goes to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Kansas City will then play Buffalo. That's how the AFC will pan out. Now, guys, let's take a look at what's going on in Kansas City. Kansas City wins 26-7. to No surprise here. You take mammals, you put them in that type of weather condition. Yeah, good luck. Tua was 0-4. He's now 0-5 in games where temperatures are 45 degrees or lower at kickoff. Um, you know, it's really interesting here. It's, it's, it's really interesting here that, you know, Miami was in the driver's seat guys, you know, we do the show each and every week Mm -hmm. and towards the, our our last hour, I always do like, all right, let's a big picture here. Let's take a look around the AFC. Who's going to win the AFC East. And the dolphins were in the driver's seat. If they would have won just one of their last two games at Baltimore or home against the bills, that game last night would have been played in Miami with 85-degree temperatures, and I truly believe Miami would have won that game. So this is why, and, and Mike, I'd love for you to comment on this. Two things. Number one, it's so important, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, especially if you're a Northeastern team that plays outdoors. And also, the way you draft and the way you bring in players in free agency, it's very different to start the season than how you end the season, especially if you're a Green Bay Packers team, a Kansas City team. You want a good, solid defense that can stop the run, and you want a good rushing attack, a bulldozer rusher, because it, because for th- this exact example of how Kansas City was able to take advantage, I don't think Kansas City is the better team, but they won yesterday. Your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I do think Kansas City is a better team. I think they played really well on defense. Rasheed Rice is coming along. 
But this is a shocking thing because I think it's more than the weather. What game, what was the last time this season <clears throat> that two or threw for 300 yards or more? It's going to shock you. Yeah, I, you got to stump. You stumped the Schwab. <laughs> no, November 19th, week 11 against wow. the Raiders. After that, this is unbelievable. Like, not that he played poorly, but 243, 280, 240, 224, 293, 237, 173 um, in Buffalo. And obviously, you know, last night, you know, he didn't play very well. So he's still a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, this whole notion of this high flying offense and how great Tua is, like, if we were running the Dolphins, not saying we want to give him an extension, but, you know, last night with the season on the line, one quarterback was 23 of 41 for 262 and a touchdown. The other one was 20 of 39 for 199, one touchdown interception. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, funny because when I remember well, Eli was had a horrible record. Um, I think he was 0-5, I want to say, with, with, with cold weather games as a starter. And then he won one. And then, all this, and then we went to Green Bay and played in the cha- NFC Championship. And all of a sudden, oh, it's no problem for him. It's just one of those things you just got to get over. And one of those obstacles in your career that you just have to get over. And, um, you know, Eli's from New Orleans. He's from a place that's super warm. He's not used to playing in cold weather. And he got used to it. I think uh, Tua, I don't know, I always thought, I don't know, I always thought that the 300-yard passing game, especially in my era, was not a great thing. Because if you had 300 yards passing, that means either you were really far behind or you couldn't run the football. So I always thought that was a misnomer. Um, to how, about, a, how, about, how about how about one of twelve on third down? Is that a misnomer? No, no, that's 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 legit. That's legit. <laughs> to a twenty of thirty nine. Touche, uh, touche. One hundred ninety nine yards, <laughs> a touchdown, and an interception. Oh, uh, how about Tyreek Hill? Five receptions for fifty two yards, but one reception was for fifty three. So Spags in this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, really were able to take him out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, this was a Miami Dolphins rushing offense that only was able, only able to put up 76 total rushing yards. Meanwhile, for Patrick Mahomes, uh, it was a heavy dose of uh, Pacheco, 24 carries for 89 yards. He also found the end zone. And a lot of dink and dunk to Rasheed Rice. Eight receptions, 12 targets, 130 yards, and a touchdown. I thought for sure, for sure Travis Kelsey was going to find the end zone. He is now seven straight games, guys. Seven straight games without a touchdown. But I thought, I thought yesterday he would find it heading into yesterday's game. 11 touchdowns in 14 games um, with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. But nonetheless, uh, he did not. It's funny. I, I, was, I, was t- I was talking to, you know, as you know, my mom's a big Miami Dolphins fan. So uh, she was watching uh, from her hospital bed. And, um, and she, she texted me. She said, is, is Taylor Swift going to be? Uh, at the game, and I said yes, and so I I can't, you know, she's she's got she's got the uh, the texting mouth of a sailor, so she said, oh blankety blank, uh, that means Travis Kelsey's going to have a bad game. Uh, he didn't have a bad game, seven receptions for seventy one yards, but yet, hey, she's on to something. It's a trend. Uh, Taylor Swift attends a game. Travis Kelsey does not score a touchdown. It's a thing. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to break down all these games, getting you ready for today and tomorrow. But, uh, gentlemen, very interesting. uh, Because of weather conditions and and really, more importantly, because of safety uh, conditions of traveling, a lot of we we all know how man Pittsburgh Steelers fans boy they like to travel uh, to Buffalo and weather conditions today are supposed to be absolutely horrific it, to the point where uh, the Buffalo Bills organization is offering twenty dollars per hour for Buffalo Bill fans to come out to their stadium and help them shovel the snow to get ready for this game on Monday afternoon twenty dollars per hour okay more than minimum wage um, but you know. And, and Amani, let's start with you, right? Like, the, the more challenge, the, the colder, the more horrific weather conditions, I feel benefits the Pittsburgh Steelers because I do believe that they have a better rushing attack with a combination of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. So by moving this game, it's still, the weather conditions are still not supposed to be great. In fact, they're talking about possibly moving this game to Tuesday. That That is out there. Um but it, but by moving it, then now it it, it brings back into uh, the uh, you know the the analysis of you know a better passing attack with the Buffalo Bills and and Josh Allen. Uh, your thoughts on if, if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, are, are you upset this game? Considering that you if if you felt that you had a better chance of beating them in in worse conditions because you have a better running game. Um. Yeah, I think you are definitely a little disappointed because I think there was supposed to be 60 mile an hour gusts of wind, mm-hmm. which would make, you know, Rudolph, Rud, Mad, Rudolph made up. What the heck? Mason no, the Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Why couldn't I say that? Mason Rudolph. And Maybe it it's just early. Mason I don't know. Rudolph Maybe you haven't had your Josh, first mimosa yet. Mason Rudolph and, um, mm-hmm. and Josh Allen would basically kind of wash themselves out and then it would be more of a, who can run the ball better? And we know that the Buffalo Bills, you know, they have Cook as their running back, but he's not, and he's been, he has, he's had a phenomenal season. But if, if Buffalo had their druthers, they would run, want to have the ball in Josh Allen's hands. And with the gusts of winds, it kind of effectively takes um, the ball out of his hands. Uh, so, well, I mean, he'd be more of a runner, but still, it, it's not where he's the most effective at the optimal use of, of, of Josh Allen. So absolutely, but you know, they're gonna. Ha- regardless, there's gonna be something that's gonna come up in the game, you know, that you're gonna have to overcome, and that's just how football is. You have to be able to what we call in the business midstream adjust, and the fact that the game's tomorrow doesn't really matter. Um, but in terms of you can't let that emotionally change you in any way. You still believe that you're gonna win that game. It's still gonna be cold. It's still gonna be uh, difficult to pass the ball. 
um, you know, when the ball gets hard. Um, so I still think there's an advantage. I think, I think it would have been a much bigger advantage for the Buffalo Bills to play a team like Miami, a team that's a, a cold weather, I mean a warm weather city as opposed to, you know, Pittsburgh, it doesn't get much warmer there. So it's not that big of a difference to play in a way playoff game in the cold if you're from the cold. So very interesting, Mike. You know, we've been the, the three of us have been talking about this season. Really, one of the big storylines this season is, uh, you know, all the quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks getting injured. I want to say what 17, 19 teams lost their starting quarterback. If you look Six, at the teams, 66, that, yeah, 66 different quarterbacks started a game this year. Yeah, unbelievable. So if you look at the teams that advanced to the, the, the playoffs, there's only two teams that are coming into coming into the playoffs with backup quarterback, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But here's the thing. It's not just their backup quarterback. This was their third string quarterback, Mike. Their third string quarterback, not just their backup. And and I know you and I have had this conversation. I feel very strongly. If you are a team in the NFL that you feel you've got a really good shot of making it to the postseason, you know, I, I believe that you have to value that backup quarterback position um, and and pay a little bit more than you normally that you would allot to your backup, especially if you're a team that you think you've got a chance to make it to the postseason. Uh, your your thoughts on the layout, all the teams that did make it, and and the quarterback situation that now that we're seeing um, here in the playoffs. Well, I think to tie it back to one of our local teams, the New York Jets, I think what Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff, including guys like Bill Callahan, did is eliminate any excuses, right? He was their fourth quarterback when you factor in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, missing Jedrick Wills, a really, really good left That's right. tackle. That's Jack right. Conklin, Dewan Jones, Nick Chubb. So not only did the Cleveland Browns go to their fourth quarterback, but they were missing their top three tackles, their best running back, and they made the playoffs and won 11 games. So when teams say they're beat up, I say the Cleveland Browns. Everybody has injuries, and Coaching is taking what you have and making the most of it, being um, diverse in your game plan, knowing some weeks you're going to throw it more, run it more, whatever it may be. And I give the teams that made it this far, Anita, just a ton of credit. Yeah. It also goes to the general managers. It's like you can't just have a good starting 11 on both sides. You have to have good special teams and depth. So that, that's why the draft is so important is because you can get a lot of really good players at a budget where uh, that will be in your salary that will won't uh, break your 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 cap situation if you draft correctly and that's why the key to this league now especially with the salary cap is getting young players that are up and coming that could that are going to be starters maybe not with you when they graduate and go on to a team where they were that that's going to pay them but for that short period of time for that four you know three to four years you're going to have a guy that it's a starter quality on a budget. Uh, this is New York game day. Uh, we're going to break down all four remaining games, uh, getting you locked and loaded for today and tomorrow, tomorrow MLK day. Hopefully majority of people do have off and you'll be able to take in both the Steelers bills, as well as the Eagles bucks game. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get Amani's keys to the game for game one up later on today. It's a four 30 kickoff. And that's the green Bay Packers going up against the Dallas Cowboys. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, our Super Bowl box bonanza here on ESPN giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. All qualifiers will get a $25 uh, Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of the 10 super boxes with prizes, including a big screen TV, Nintendo Switch, MetaQuest, and much more. Get your box for the big game by listening weekdays to DPHO and Rothenberg from 6 to 10, Barton Hahn from noon to 3, and the Michael K Show from 3 to 6.30 for a chance to win $500 in the first and third quarters, 1000 at the half, and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. It's now time for Money's Keys to Victory. Wait, brought hold on, to you Anita. by. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think you were allowed to say the name of the people who host the morning radio show because they've been so disrespectful to you and Amani. I thought it was just the ESPN New York morning radio show. Yeah. Oh, is be. this? Uh, this is uh, this is new to me. I didn't. How oh, are they being? They, they, they have been wildly aggressive against you and your lack of pickleball ability and how they were going to dominate oh, and eliminate you and Amani Toomer. So I'm just shocked that you would even reference them by name. So, so here, here's what I don't understand. So they go on their morning show and they and rip bloviate us every day about it. Okay. Okay. So, but yet won't give us a date No. for a match. I'm trying so to how does that, that, how does that, so yeah. they, so they'll go on their show and say, you know, whatever it is they're saying, I don't know, but yet, won't give us a date for a match. Like, we're the aggressors here. Yeah. I'm texting them, hey, give us a date. When can we play? When can we, like, and it's like, it's it's radio silence. They won't even they'll, give us a date. So They'll never play you guys because they have nothing to gain by playing because when you guys beat them, yes. they'll mm-hmm. be humbled. So, you know, they'll just, like, play the string out here. Yeah, if you're scared, so. say you're scared. I think their actions speak louder than words. Uh, by the way, it's time for Amani's Keys to Victory, brought to you by Infinity.com. Get ready for Amani's Keys to Victory. That's right. Um, and let's start with the first game we're going to see later on. Kind of weird, right, guys, that like we don't have our first game until 4.30. Again, <clears throat> the Steelers-Bills game was moved, but nonetheless, 
Uh, this is a Dallas Cowboys team. They're favored by seven at home. The over-under is 50 and a half of money. Uh, big storyline here, obviously, is McCarthy revenge game against his old team. Uh, Jordan Love playing exceptional football, by the way, the last five weeks. And Dak Prescott has been putting on a clinic at home. What are your keys to victory here for these two teams? Well, yeah, Dak Prescott, first of all, Dak Prescott's going to have to have one of his better games. There's some games where it's not, you're not really playing against, you know, you're playing against, you're playing to try and secure your reputation, right? He has a reputation of faltering during these, these types of situations. You're playing against a quarterback that's getting his first opportunity to play in a playoff game. And it's going to be interesting to see what Jordan Love's about to do because just like we talked about uh, C.J. Stroud, he hasn't had these big games coming from Utah State, hasn't really been playing in these huge games where everybody's watching, and we're going to see how he reacts with some people. That doesn't bother them at all. Uh, some people, they start to play a little erratic. We're going to see about that. But one thing that I want to talk about is the best athletes on the field. I want to talk about the wide receivers. I want to talk about C.D. Lamb. <laughs> 135 catches this year, 1,749 yards. Oh, boy. It's going to be – and he's going up against one of the best, the premier uh, corners in the league. And I just love watching these type of, uh, these type of plays. He's Zaire Alexander. Jair Alexander. I just love to watch these type of matchups because these are the ones where – I don't even want to watch the rest of the game. I just want to watch that tight copy of those two the receiver and the cornerback going at each other because it's for all the marbles. And the, the one thing I love about the playoffs is it's so final. It's like you, if you either you play well and you're playing again next week or you have all those plastic bags in your locker room on Monday and you're moving forward. Also, the running game. You got Aaron Jones who's missed the last six games due to hamstring and knee injuries. And, he, you know, and he's... Um, but he has a history of playing well versus these Dallas Cowboys. He rushed for 375 yards and six touchdowns in the three previous matchups. Um, and I just I know that the Dallas Cowboys team the defense is built more with when they have a lead to where they can unleash those pass rushers. But the running game is something that they find that they that if somebody sticks and plays consistent with the running game uh, with uh, with the, the, with Jones with Aaron Jones. It could put a monkey wrench in the way that this Dallas Cowboys team is built. Also, we got another young receiver on the other side, Christian Watkins, Watson, who is, uh, you know, he's had great games versus the Cowboys as well. So, you know, like the last time they played, he had two touch. They overcame a two touchdown deficit uh, to win in overtime. I think this is a great matchup because this is one of those things where you kind of throw out the records and you realize. Uh, you're going to find out, you know, very, very quickly which team is, is, uh, is going to be the aggressor and which team is going to cower under the pressure. And Dallas finds a way to cowboy in most of these types of situations. Um, Mike, I want to go to you here because, you know, in, in a little bit later on in the program, we're going to get into the coaching carousel and, and, and update everyone who's fired, who's not, who potentially could be getting fired uh, this coming week and, and where we think everybody's going to go. We're going to do that in the next hour. Uh, but how much pressure do you feel is on Mike McCarthy right now? Because there is talk and speculation that if he does lose this game, we know Jerry Jones, he's a loose cannon, could go out there and say, all right, I've got Bill Belichick who 
potentially I could bring in here and be my new head coach. How much pressure do you think is on Mike McCarthy right now? You know, guys, like I, I feel like it's when you're the head coach, um, you know, just uh, from a standpoint of the Dallas Cowboys, like you're constantly going to be under, you know, um, scrutiny. So to me, like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure because it's a home playoff game. The expectations are very, very high. But I think you just feel that way because you're the head coach of the Cowboys. And again, that's why I think like someone like Dak Anita is so valuable because he tamps things down. And the head coach and the quarterback of the Cowboys are just like on another level. But yeah, there's a pressure on today, but there's pressure on everybody. You know, like it's the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and everybody's Jordan, watching. Everybody's you know, I, I don't, watching. I don't, I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot of people watch a lot of Packers football. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but you know, Jordan Love the last five weeks has been really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, have have you been have you been watching those games? And I mean. If you t- statistically, if you were just to take the last five weeks of the NFL regular season, uh, Jordan Love would be a top five quarterback statistically. I-, I don't think people are aware of that. Like, like you know, and again, my my locks of the week are coming your way uh, in the third hour. But I, I'm I, just a little little taste here. I like the over here. The over under is at 50 and a half. I think a lot of points are going to be put up in this game. I'm expecting a barn burner. Are you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, on paper, it should be a high scoring game for the reasons you just said. Um, so now look, I, if Dallas goes up early, I don't know if the Packers can pass protect against as Amani alluded to that pass rush. So let, let's see how, how it goes. But, um, I, I think it does have the potential to be a high scoring game. You know, last week, the Packers didn't punt against the bears and the bears had an approved defense. So they're, they're really running the ball. Well, you know, as Amani alluded to. So I do think there's a little bit, the reason I would be a little, have some trepidation Anita is if, you know, my Matt LaFleur says, Hey, the only way we're going to beat Dallas is if we play keep away. Hmm. Amani, are you expecting a lot of points here? Are you expecting a, an exciting game or are you I expecting think, defense to step up? I think the points are going to come on the Dallas side. It, it, it's, it's more up to them. I, I don't think that the Green Bay Packers have really an explosive offense. That's going to really wow you. Um, I think this game comes down to the Dallas Cowboy offense. Are, are they going to create the turnovers and give the short field that this inexperienced offense needs in, in Green Bay to put up a lot of points? But we know that the Cowboys at any time, C.D. Lamb, you know, or, um, or Brandon Cooks can just, you know, can change a game, especially Brandon Cooks because all the attention that C.D. Lamb gets uh, from, uh, from the opposing teams. So it's a lot going to be on Dak Prescott. Just, you know, it's, it comes with wearing the star on your helmet. you got to – all the blame is going to come to you if you, if you come up short. And um, Dak Prescott has found ways to play well enough to be respectable but ultimately lose playoff games. Um, I would not be heartbroken if the Dallas Cowboys came, short, came up short. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have a feeling that this is a game tailor-made. The Cowboys haven't lost a game at home this year. You know what that means to me? That means they're due. <laughs> and I feel like today might be the day that the Cowboys are going to put that, uh, that, that, going to check that box, the first home loss of the season. Hey, hey, Amani, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If, if you, who do you hate more, Ohio State or Dallas? Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. That question. It's so funny.
funny. So I so I had some people over here last night and we were watching the games and that sounds um, like and a what, trend. You have a people over there a lot. Every I do. Time come I do. On, I, I do. Party yeah, here, yeah, party yeah. there. Where, 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 listen, where, I, listen uh, I'm not Abani, gonna... where was your invite? I, I was surprised that you didn't show up. We had a great time. Everybody else from ESPN <laughs> oh New York was goodness. there. And... I, I feel like I could I could charge admission. You know, I've got I've got typically I've got three huge screen TVs. I got copious amounts of wine and champagne, unlimited food. And now I, I have four dogs uh, because I had to bring my mom's dog back up here from Florida. So uh, so and I've got four loving dogs uh, that all they want to do is sit on your lap and love you and, and kiss you and, and make you feel wonderful. I, I feel like I really could uh, charge admission to come in and watch games. But nonetheless, it's very interesting. I had a Steeler fan here and I had an Eagles fan here. And they were talking. And the, and the Steeler fan was like, yes, Browns lost. Good for them. And I was like, don't you feel bad for Joe Flacco? They're like, no, F Joe Flacco. Good for them. <laughs> that, you know, apparently when the Browns won their last game, I guess that to get them into the playoffs, the fans were chanting F Steelers, F Steelers. Steel, mm. They didn't even play the Steelers. Steelers yeah. wouldn't even get you know, so, so, you know, you've got that going on. And then, and then the, um, and then the Eagles fan that was here yesterday was just like, yeah. And I hope Dallas goes down too. I hate Dallas. Like, like the hatred for the Browns for Steelers fans and the hatred for the Cowboys for Eagles fans might be more than their love for their teams. Oh, Isn't that nuts? So. Do you Ooh. feel that way? Do you hate the Dallas Cowboys more than you love the Giants? Uh, oh, it's it, it, I. I wouldn't say I, I hate them more than I love. I'm more of a lover than a fighter. Than, than a, a fighter. fighter. I'm more, more, Look at more you. Love in my heart. As, just as a person. <laughs> that's uh, but, that's yeah, the difference the between a receiver. That's the difference between a receiver and a defensive back, right there. <laughs> All <laughs> I right. Create cool. the defensive back. Just want to end good plays. I want to create great plays. And uh, <laughs> and the defensive back just want to ruin everything. They're the party and, poopers. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not understanding this. And then they're saying like, you don't understand. You're not a fan. I'm not. I'm not a fan of a team. I don't like. I like. You know, I I root for the team that's going to win me money or the player that's going to help me win my fantasy league. That's who I root for. Uh, when we come people. back, guys, uh, let's do a deep dive into what's going on with the Giants because we have Jordan Renan who's going to be joining us at the top of the hour at nine o'clock. So I just want to kind of lay out and let's have a conversation in regard to where the Giants are right now as they get ready for the postseason. And uh, and then, the of Giants course, Jordan. The postseason? Well, no, not the postseason. You know what I mean? The, the end the, of season. The they end of the season. They packed up their bags right. well, already. This is, yeah, this is postseason. So yeah. this is after the season and all, all, all the things but that they have to consider. All the things that they have to uh, um, take into account, uh, make decisions on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right, guys, let's uh, let's let's dive into what's going on with with the Giants. Um, they've got about thirty two, thirty four million dollars in cap space. Uh, they're picking sixth overall. So they're sitting well. 
Daniel Jones, as we know, and uh, I, I know Mike, not a fan of the contract, four years, $160 million. Um, they, they definitely... Um, I, I am a Daniel Jones fan. Obviously, the injuries now are a big concern for me. Um, but but here's, here's where I'm rolling with this. They are tied to him for next year, right? Like, like you know, the, the hit that they would take if they try to, if they cut him or they try to trade him, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I do believe that Daniel Jones will be the starting quarterback next year. Will he start week one because of the knee surgery? Probably not. Will that be Tyrod Taylor, whoever the number two is? But here, here's, here's where I'm at. You know, who knows when they are going to be drafting in the top 10 again? And there are some really good quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft. And I think they do need to draft a quarterback for the future. Um, you know how much I love Drake May. To me, Drake May is the best quarterback coming out of this draft class. Just my two cents. Uh, you know, will he be there at six? No. Could they potentially trade up for him? I, I would explore that if I was a general manager. Um, but obviously, I don't make that kind of money. Um, so I, I, want, I want to start with you, Mike. You know, do you feel that the Giants should go after a quarterback sitting there at six, whether it's trading up or, or hoping that one falls to them uh, where they're at right now. So Adina, let me answer your question with a question. You know, we all have bills to pay. We all have dreams. We all have insecurities. And if you had to provide for your life, depending on somebody that's been hurt year after year after year and has not shown a demonstrable, consistent performance, would you put your eggs in that basket? No. Yeah, I mean, it's not really like something to debate. I mean, you just look at the facts. But, but and say, I, but I, I'm sorry. And really quick, I said this. I think the Giants should have picked up his fifth year option. They would have had him for twenty million dollars this year. So that's where uh, I think they went wrong. I think they should have picked up his his fifth year option. Yeah, um, I mean, like running a team, it's it's all about managing risk. You know, I think the other fascinating conversation is take a team like the Dolphins, right? They exercise the fifth year option. Now the question is going to be like. You know, do you extend to uh, and for how much and how much in guaranteed money? And then you look at like, well, if it's not him, who do we get and how much? And I think what's happened this year is be it Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew. You know, when you're seeing these, you know, sub $10 million per year quarterbacks play good football, you know, it really says unless we could get a true difference maker on a $225 million salary cap, does it make sense to spend $40 million on a B quarterback? And I think what the market's telling us, and I think what the league's telling us, is teams are going to take a really hard look at it. Look, if you get Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson, you know, hard stop, pay the bill, figure out the rest. But on a, on like where a lot of this middle class lives, like Daniel Jones, if you're being generous to say he is in the middle class, um, is he really worth forty million dollars on a two hundred fifty? I think that answer is pretty obvious. Like. You, you can make an argument he's not even as good as Tyrod Taylor. And there were games that Tommy DeVito actually has played at a higher level. The And that's why our like, context on these discussions is everything. It's everything. Because when you put $40 million into a player that's not durable, it eviscerates your ability to improve the team. Amani, your thoughts on what the Giants should do with uh, a top six pick? I think that, like I say, I said time and time before, if you're a top, if you're a forty million dollar guy, if you're a guy that is looked upon as going to be a difference maker in terms of your ability is so good, you're going to bring a lot of people along with you, like a Tom, like a Tom Brady, like he's played a lot of really significant games, won some Super Bowls with with players that you know aren't top flight wide receivers, top flight running backs, top flight anything. He just makes the whole team better. 
And what that means to me and how you prove that you are that type of player is you make sure, come hell or high water, that your team isn't drafting in the top 10. And if you're tra- drafting in the top 10, you're not that guy. Um, I, I love to, I, I really think that he's done a lot of good things. And I think that he's, you know, if he wasn't injured so much, if he didn't miss so much significant amount of time, I think he's missed more games um, in the last two years than, than Saquon. And yet they, Saquon is the, the they, they're saying the injury bug is the reason why Saquon is, is uh, they're not going to pay Saquon. But I, I just, I, have, I find it really strange that um, that, that, um, that is not being brought up. And the fact that he, the, the, the Giants are, are the way they are, and they're drafting in the top, you know, they were a five pick for the top five. They were number two for a long time. It just goes to show you that, you know, you know the, the, the neck injuries would, would really, really scare me. Because necks are there, you can't really put your finger on one thing, and you, you may never get your neck better. And also, you know, that coming off the knee, when his one of his main assets is the fact that he can run the ball. Um, you know, it, there are some question marks. Do I like him as a player? Yes, but the business of the foot business of the NFL tells you, and is screaming at you loud and clear that this is not the greatest situation for the team. I love the player. And if all was equal, if he wasn't, didn't miss so many games, if they're not drafting in, if they're, you know, drafting in 15 or higher, then, you know, then, then he's, he's proving his point. But right now, the way the situation is, the business, the salary cap, you, you have to kind of look very hard before you decide to keep him all these years and not um, mitigate for uh, him being injured by getting somebody – and that's taking away the money from his, uh, you know, the, taking away salary cap. He's taking away salary cap to have a legitimate backup. You mentioned Saquon Barkley. Uh, if the Giants were to tag him again this year, it would be $12 million, or they can agree to a deal. Mike, would you tag Saquon Barkley to $12 million? Nope, I'd sign him to a deal. I think it's critically important that they do that. You know, we're building a team. We're not collecting talent. And for all the other things that are going on inside that building right now, you, you, you figure out a way, again, on a salary cap that's $225 million to pay him. You know, somehow the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts front office was able to come up with a solution with Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley's every bit the player that Jonathan Taylor is. And again, your audience is the rest of that locker room. So to me, Saquon Barkley, like they were lucky to have him. He's done all the right things on the field, off the field. And I think Amani makes a great point, Anita, which is, when the durability argument it, to me just falls short when you pay Daniel Jones and you don't pay Saquon Barkley. Amani, like do you, what, what do you, like Amani, what, what do you? I was, I was going to say, I like what he said. We're building a team, not accumulating talent. That to me is the ultimate, uh, that, that's what a general manager has to look at things. And if they're not, then you're going to lose the locker room because they're going to look in the lot and locker room's going to look at it there and say, wait a minute, he's our best player and he's not. They're not giving him a. Uh, they're not giving him his just due because he plays the certain position he is. That does. That just doesn't seem right. Real quick, Amani, because we're up against it, and, and mm-hmm. Jordan's going to join us momentarily. What do you think the Giants do? Do you think they tag uh, Saquon Barkley? Do you think they 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 work out a deal, or do you, what do you think happens here? I think they're going to have to do some recruiting for Saquon Barkley. He looks at all these other running backs, Christian McCaffrey, who I think he's a much better running back than, and because he's not in a situation where he is getting those touches and being able to, 
you know, make the plays because either the offensive line or the team isn't in position for him to really show off his skill, they're going to have to recruit him back. If I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm like, please, I'm done with this. I'm done trying to, you know, acquiesce to these people and make them feel like I'm the guy that, uh, you know, that I am. And I have to prove over and over again the value of my, of, uh, of my worth. There's a team that's a playoff competitor that needs a, a, a dominant running back to level out their passing game. That will love to pay $12 million for one of the best backs in the league. And that's why I really can't understand it because he is that good. And he's been patient and he's worked with the Giants for a long period of time. Now it's time they're going to have to do some recruiting because if I'm Saquon, I'm, I, I want to be in the playoffs. I want to be an, a legitimate team that has a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl. And this Giant team, over, for the majority of his career, hasn't. And he hasn't been highlighted. He reminds me of like a Walter Payton for most of his career. He was on the terrible Bears team. And then one time he got an opportunity to do it. And, um, and, and we were able to see his greatness uh, when, it, when it mattered. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 